This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome to the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Ken, and with me as always, Cody and Kyle. Hello. Hello. Oh, it's Friday. It's middle of October. We are getting through this month. <laughs> <laughs> We're sailing through this month. I know. I our job has been made infinitely easier by the fact that they're releasing movies. Yeah. <laughs> week after week after week, it, just slam-packed. It's su- great. Surprisingly, people are actually going to these ones. Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Neither. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. See, I was going to play it off and like, be like, no, we right. always knew. But no, this is a very nice surprise. It is. Record sequels, the longest fran- running franchise in film history. Like, <laughs> really hitting, hitting a nice stride here. Yeah. <laughs> All the things that we've been wanting to see after a long 2020, and it's finally happening. Yeah. No, so we had a great opening with Bond. Um, it opened to $56 million, Yeah. Uh, nationally. And, you know, that I think that was good. I think it was a little lower than, I think, what people were hoping for or expecting. So I think it un- underperformed um, against expectations a little bit. Uh, where I really noticed where... where uh, it underperforming were some of the smaller towns. Um, I thought it would be a lot bigger than it was, um, especially because so many people asked for it throughout the pandemic. Yeah. So I think that made expectations high on the results. It wasn't bad. It just, there were a few places where Venom still outgrossed it. And that, that was shocking and mm-hmm. a little disheartening because we had agreed to such a long, longer uh, play week length on Bond thinking it was going to be the better movie. But in retrospect now and looking back, I I just think that Bond plays to an older audience um, and not even in a, a, I would say in a sophisticated upscale audience. And I don't know if that <laughs> audience is going out, to be honest with you. Yeah. that That's a big thing. Also, what we are seeing is young people are going out, teenagers. And the last Bond film was five years ago, and that was Spectre, and that wasn't even good. And the la- <laughs> the big one, Skyfall, was ten years, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So it could be chalked up to the, the this next generation just isn't interested in Bond, and it really is next gen on this. It, I mean, there's been so much time in between. We got to know the intricacies of Venom as compared to the complexities of Bond. Yeah, <laughs> that's where <laughs> audiences are at currently. <laughs> yeah, they're they're in the Venom camp, not the Bond camp. Hey, I mean, whatever works, I guess. But I guess what this past weekend taught me was what you were saying is that time has passed us by, and despite you know the legacy of the Bond franchise and how you know integral and meaningful it is for the theater industry. It's also been a long time since a Bond movie has released, and on top yeah. of a pandemic as well. Um, and you know, time just passed by, and audiences have changed, generations have grown up, well, and new ones have come in. And well, Daniel Craig's an older Bond, so you didn't even yeah. get a fresh face in there that maybe could have appealed to a newer generation, somebody more like Chris it, Pratt. No, I'm just kidding. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> and put him in everything. Yeah. yeah. No, not He's Cr- Mario. Why not? <laughs> I think not he can do Pratt. anything. I think the biggest issue with this one mm-hmm. is one number, one sixty-three. Yeah, <laughs> I think that runtime run run is the biggest issue. Could have been because not only is it the longest bond ever, <laughs> yeah, by a margin, mm-hmm. by a substantial margin, but I mean, people are the ones that are going to this are still 
not going out. So if you are going out, are you going to go out for three hours and sit in a room full of people if you are not used to doing it? Yeah. No, you're not going to make that decision. A lot of people were like, oh, it's COVID and everybody's still scared of COVID and they're keeping people away. I'm like, no, I really on this one do not think it's COVID. I, I don't see where co- if it was COVID, then Venom would have been impacted. So at this point, it's really not COVID. It might have been COVID a little bit with that demographic. But I just think, to be honest, that that the people that we lost that got out of the habit of movie going during the pandemic may never come back. It is a learned yeah habitual behavior and if you get out of it it's really hard to get back in and that might just be a lost movie going audience we we've yet to see them return for a number of very nice you know upscale films um and bond might just be the bellwether for for that older audience just maybe not returning yeah i mean we've always kind of predicted that that was going to happen once you know there was more movies ramping up Mm -hmm. after the pandemic um but I think with Bond, it really does um, give us the hint even more so that it's just, you know, audiences' tastes have changed, but also a certain demographic is just not really going to be coming back. Right. Like they, there's a, there, they could be of means. They could have the ability to have really nice in home theater systems. They have busy schedules because they are working. They may be working from home. They maybe have gotten so used to streaming now that, Again, they're out of the habit. There's, We have really yet to touch on what it could be, and I think it's obviously a number of things that yeah. are keeping some audiences away. But to for all the trades to chalk it up to COVID hesitancy, I just think at this point is disingenuous. I think we really need to look past that and say what in their in their behavior and and um, their habits changed. And yeah, if it was COVID, it wouldn't have made $56 million. Right. I mean, $56 million is still an impressive number. And like you were saying, last mm-hmm. weekend, Venom made $90 million. It made more than the previous Venom movie did when there wasn't a pandemic. Yeah. So maybe for certain areas, but odds are it's just the other two things that we're chalking it up to. Right, because Venom and Bond had the same print land same footprint they were fighting over all the same theaters even down to singles yeah totally so even down to poor grossing singles grossing (laughs) singles with the screen it was just locations that were ranked in the last one percent they were fighting over yeah they were trying to get this film in front of as many eyeballs as possible and so for it to sort of underperform i think speaks to something bigger going on and it i think it speaks to who's going to this kind of film did the film hit you know maybe a i don't think having it delayed a year hurt it i wonder if it's just having been five years since the last one and having an aging Bond character that maybe doesn't hit for these modern audiences. And just... UA doesn't have the same movie machine as the other film companies, right. too. Yeah. I mean, they don't have you the same kind of staff, Advertising, marketing, advertising, all of none that. None of that. Not, I think, not saying they didn't do it as best as they could, but they are not a mega corp like Disney no, I mean, or Universal their, or their Warner's. Their staff is probably... Le- I mean, it's definitely less than the size of the staff of Universal Marketing. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's also not forget that they pumped out the marketing really heavily before the pandemic happened. Like, yeah. they spent the majority of, of their marketing dollars. Like, remember the Billie Eilish song? They promoted yeah. that heavily. And then as soon as the pandemic came and gone, 
I only remembered about because it was in the and movie they, when I saw and it. And they did it again in October of last year. Mm-hmm. Like they started to oh, ramp up again. Because they were feeling confident. Right. Yeah, they thought they yeah. were coming back. By the end and of Wonder the year. Wonder Woman was on the schedule and they're like, we're going to do this. And I think so that's when they released the Billie Eilish song was in that ramp up part. Oh, was it? No, yeah. maybe they did that then too. Yeah. Um, Billy Hoolish? Oh, Billy yeah. Idol? Yeah, and I'm going to say, that song was horrible. It, she'll never measure up to an Adele. And they could have heard it because the Skyfall song kept Skyfall in everybody's mind. As they heard it on the radio, it reminded them about it. And it was everywhere. And that's a publicity you can't get. And that a Billie Eilish song just didn't hit at all. I mean, it's a tradition throughout the Bond franchise. But I think part yeah. of Skyfall's you know, success was in part of Adele's amazing song it's like just it was just a like, tone for it it was a tone it was a pinnacle for all sorts of bond songs and it was around the time i think when she was really becoming famous yeah. worldwide i mean I, what was the album 21 i think it was she had like five hit singles on there it it, it just was a really great timing and billy eilish is like the most popular but I don't know. It, it just didn't quite capture in the zeitgeist as it did, remember, 10 years ago when that happened. A lot's changed in terms of not only movies, but just also music that ties in with it. Oh, yeah. And just the character of Bond, I'm not saying is maybe out of touch, but it just could be. And as much as I hate that, um, it might it might be something when you've got John Wicks and you've got these other you got action. the Venoms. <laughs> and you got Venoms. Well, you just got these other action stars. Right. The lone wolf action star. Um, you know, maybe a British, you know, martini drinking, like Aston Martin driving one isn't what audiences are looking. Maybe they want something gritty like a John Wick now because that's what we've had the last few years. Could be. I do wonder if I, if you don't mind me asking this, um, now that we've seen that Bond was not quite the opening that it was intended for, but it still did okay. Now that what UA is a part of Amazon now to some degree when it comes to their movies, or I think MGM, um, do we think that are they going to see these numbers and think that maybe this is when they switch from movies to like streaming potential? I don't don't think Bond was super part of that deal. Was it not part of it? I think it's... I'm trying or, to remember the now too. Broccoli family still retains a lot of creative control and rights to it. So okay. I, they did not give that up in that, in that deal. But wow. UA okay. had the snow hollow. And then they had the other one with Alice and Janney. Like yeah. they had these ones that went in like 10 locations. Right. Oh, and those yeah. are, that's more of what I think we're going to see going to streaming where they'll have a very limited release to appeal to the creatives involved where they can get at least qualified for nominations and then right. they'll go right to streaming. Right, those ind- uh, mm-hmm. slightly independent movies. Yeah. Their yeah. next film coming up is um, House of Gucci. Yep. I don't foresee that being super wide. I think it'll do... It I, should I be. think they'll platform it and they may go really wide on it, mm-hmm. but at Thanksgiving yeah. and stuff. But after that, I'm not sure what they have on their slate. That's kind of it for them. So this was I like their, so. their big pinnacle release that... Right. That was yeah. really going to push it and test it for them. Yeah, definitely. Maybe they'll go the, the route of what they did with Adams with more in, da- in dating. That could be it. And the day in dating will be on Amazon. Yeah. Just depends on what the what the catalog was that was, was sold. And we'll, I think that'll take a f- another few months, maybe even a year to f- flesh out what happens with that. But I don't think Bond was a huge part of that. Okay, good. Because that was a worry of mine after this weekend. I mean... 
like we said, the opening wasn't bad. Like, uh, underperformed oh, yeah. slightly, but it still was really solid. But I just think in those offices, they're thinking that the sky is falling and that maybe it's time to, you know, see what the potential is well, for streaming. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just but, had to slip it in. <laughs> well, I'm sure that some executive somewhere could use it as an excuse for streaming. If that mm. was their agenda, they can they can make this narrative whatever they want. They sure. could say it was a huge success given all the restrictions involved with COVID and the and the damage done to movie going. Um, you could say it underperformed because our expectations were maybe way too high for it. There's a lot of narratives you can pick up on it. The reality is it opened very well. Yep. It didn't open as well as Venom in some places, and and in some places Venom week two did more money than it, which that to me is the most surprising part. Not everywhere, um, and not in a majority of places, but there were more than expected where Venom's held up second week quite a bit. I think we just need to stop doubting Venom. I mean, remember <laughs> Venom's big opening, and then we were like, yeah, but it's not going to last after It'll that. Drop. And, then, and then it just kept going. Maybe the yeah. same's going to happen with uh, Venom 2. Yeah. I don't know. I could see it. It's short. You get a lot of show times in. It's mm -hmm. easy. It's to, fun. It's fun and easy to digest. Yeah. Uh, just no, nothing political or, you know, just really, truly escapism right yeah. there. It, yeah. That's a good way to describe it for sure. Speaking of trying to escapism, we got yeah. our Thursday night numbers in for Halloween Kills. Oh, yeah. Oh. So that so the next film coming out, Halloween Kills, I think this will be a real test as, to Venom, both being sort of the horror genre, although Venom's PG-13 and this is R. Yeah. And it's day and date on Peacock. Yeah, we got monster Thursday night previews on this one. Did we? 6.9 million, which is not that far behind Bond. Yeah, Bond did a six million. Seven point five. Seven point five. Yeah. Okay. But okay. it was right on track. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so that means a forty to fifty million dollar opening for a day and date movie. Right. You I... want to hear what Last Duel did? Yeah. Three hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. I don't geez. think anybody's rushing out to see Last Duel. <laughs> I can tell you, I'm not. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not a date movie. No. <laughs> I I would not try. <laughs> Yeah. But that's good of Halloween Kills. I mean, you know, all things considered with it being day and date and the reviews being less than stellar. I mean, to have those kind of Thursday openings and it being day and date to have a number like that, I'd say that's going to be pretty good. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that Halloween will be front loaded, though. I think this weekend will be great. It'll open really well. And then you'll I think it'll have a high drop off you. And I don't even think you're going to get that much of a bump because. Halloween weekend is still three weekends away and usually people have parties and Halloween weekend's been traditionally bad. Yeah. So it, it'll be a good three weekend done situation. Cause then the next week at the first weekend, November is eternals. So yeah, it'll just be good timing all around. Um, yeah, I think that'll be good. Cause then the, the next week after that is Ron's gone Ron and Dune. So yeah, which that weekend's going to be interesting. I think I have, voiced my misgivings about dune on yeah. this podcast quite a bit in the office as well how sci <laughs> i don't think there's an audience for sci-fi that i don't think timothy chalamet is a leading actor it's lawn i don't know and it's on hbo max so i think those things are going to work against it i have heard from so many clients oh are we getting dune i've gotten so many people asking me about dune i'm like what is going on here with this like is it is it going to be good? Is it going to not be good? Like, I I don't know now. Well, I think 
the movie itself will be good. I just don't know about its performance. I've started to have my doubts too, but I don't know. There, there may strangely be an audience for the book. There could be like a curiosity factor of people just talking so much about how good the book is and not to mention like the last Dune movie wasn't great, but it has like a weird nostalgia element of it being so bad, but so good perhaps. Yeah. I don't, and with this entire cast of raging from like, you know, scrawny Timothy Chalamet all the way down to Jason Momoa, Ooh. action hero. And to, Dave Bautista, I forgot. Zendaya, He's in there too. You know, being a Disney star and now being, you know, an icon from Hollywood. It, it could just have, be a weird collection of things where everyone's like, what is this? And will I like it? I have to find out. But... Yeah, the last trailer had Timothy uh, Chardonnay next to Josh Brolin's shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you lopped off one of those shoulders and put it on a scale next to Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> it wouldn't even be close. <laughs> guy is massive. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah He's it's... maintained his Thanos workout. Yeah, just in case. You never know. Yeah. That was could the, always come back. That was the Deadpool one where he got Oh, huge. yeah. He was so ripped in that Deadpool <laughs> just, that's one. That's true, though. Just HGH, HGH for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was huge. For we man, know, guys. We isn't know. he in his 50s? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's good for him, Body of a 30-year-old. <laughs> yeah, so it could just be a... Shoulders of an Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. There could just be a major curiosity factor to it, but HBO Max does scare me. Yeah, like, it has really hurt the films recently. Aside from Godzilla vs. Kong, but that was at the beginning of the year, and no one had a clue about HBO Max and the day and dating stuff. Right, and, and now there's enough yeah. product on HBO Max to keep your subscription. And it's made yeah. a massive drop on the second week every time. Massive drop yeah. on all, all of them. So you get the diehards and the theater exclu- the theater people going out, and yeah. then there's just no repeat business, or there's no there's no other walk-in business. If you don't go on the event of opening weekend, you don't seem to go at all. I would at least expect that, especially for Dune, um, just because that's the normal audience behavior, but also... I think just in general for a sci-fi movie like this, I'm now starting to lean to the camp where they just don't do business, especially when it's right. like highbrow sci-fi, I would think. Because we kind of saw right. that with Blade Runner and that I would classify as like highbrow. And I yeah, think I would think this the has the thing. same tone. and Same director, it makes sense. Right. But yeah. Definitely. I think this is like Blade Runner for sure. Yeah. So I, I hope it's great. I'm definitely going to go out and see it opening night, but I'm... I don't know. I'm worried about its performance. Yeah. At least Bond was theater exclusive. So, yeah. And we had in some areas, it was so busy the first few nights that I think people also realized that they, you know, that they need to either get advanced tickets or go another night. So I'm hoping that it it pushed out the movie going a little bit more into the second weekend. Oh, okay. Um, But because what we're also seeing too is advanced ticket sales pick up for some of these other films like um like close to its release no like before like eternals um advanced tickets are going out soon and i think those are going to be right pretty now. massive yeah. yeah and um dunes were picking up and i had no time to die was was more than i think was like free guy or something like that oh, so really? they're so they're oh. gaining and I just wonder if if people go and they see that it's really busy, if we won't see advanced tickets pick up now as well. Yeah. Halloween kills uh, lots of advanced tickets on that one. Yeah. I yeah. I, I made sure to get my advanced 
tickets too, just in case. And I'm glad I did because it was pretty full when I went to see it. Really? For the Thursday shows? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, the biggest um, screening there, I, we were in the biggest room and it was probably close to 75% full. Wow. Maybe like 65%. For an early show, that's really good. Yeah. I was really surprised. And it made the experience more fun too. Like yeah. it, it was the right type of audience for this movie. So ones that wanted to be there. Yeah. Once of <laughs> exactly. Once I wanted to be there, once I wanted to get scared as like a collective and yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll tie us into what would you think of Halloween kills? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, pro- uh, just as much as probably the last one, because I just went in wanting, you know, the basics. I want to see Michael Myers brutally kill people and it nails on on that note um and it was like i said it was fun with like an audience because you know the, you all got into like the scare of it like the build-up and you can just feel everyone like it's getting tensed up in the moment and then when the kills happen like there's you know some screams or there's some laughter and it made it mm-hmm. much more enjoyable um we did have one guy who had like the most obvious chuckle to it like every time there was like a really quiet build-up and everyone's on pins and needles, you can just hear the guy. <laughs> that. that we heard me. that. Was that you? That was me. It, it sounded. It sounded like you would watch Halloween with Homer Simpson. It, it, the laugh yeah. was nearly like a Homer Simpson type laugh. It's weird. And it, it was. And it was so weird because at first, like the first one or two times, we were looking at round and we were like, "Is that in the movie? Like that doesn't even make sense in the context." Of, and then we realized it was someone else and then everyone was just in on the joke like no matter how scary like the moment got you would just hear the and then everyone would just be dying do you think it was a nervous laughter no or do you think it was like ready he was like a laughy silly into the the gore he was into the death (laughs) and it was awesome it was so much fun um yeah and i think the movie just really works on that level if you're going in wanting to see michael myers you know kill people so then that's what you'll get but why did it get such bad reviews then do you think it's just critics just obviously it's a critics proof film or they're not going to appreciate it cody i think you nailed it on the podcast when you're talking about what is the point in having a middle movie for this type of story yeah because i was feeling that slightly throughout this i mean as fun as it was it was like why do I need this? Like, yeah, it meanders because it's clearly filling a gap between like the last one and the one that's coming out next year. And while you're still in the mood and enjoying it, and I'm sure like if you watch this all three in a row, like it'll be great. But it just had this meandering feeling where there wasn't really a focal point. It was just having Michael Myers do his thing and then everyone's keep saying that Michael Myers is evil. And we're just like, yeah, we know. Like we're in, we're on the same page. Like, can we please continue the story? And it just kind of gets stuck in a rut almost. Um, and it didn't help that Laurie Strode was really cast aside in this movie. Yeah. Um, she's recuperating from her injuries in the last movie, but they really made sure like she was stuck in the hospital. Um, and it, and it just lacked in energy because of that. Like in the last movie, you were wanting to focus in on Laurie's story. You were wanting to see her get her. Mm-hmm revenge on the on how michael traumatized her and that was great but you don't quite get that in this and with there being so many other characters that you're focusing on it just lacks i don't know a direction i guess it leads i don't know it so the story just kind of didn't have a, a, a through line as 
concrete as like the last one did what um was the beginning part where he brutalizes like five firemen trying well, that, to rescue the house was that awesome it's amazing <laughs> okay I'm it's not, amazing we, we always talk about how we we don't go to the theater here because it's regal kyle went to the theater because he was being good and supporting the film and in theaters okay i watched this on peacock i watched the first oh. 30 watch for i admit it i watched the first 30 minutes it is the first 30 minutes are miles better than the first one. It may be the oh. best 30 minutes in first 30 minutes in the history of horror for me. I don't yeah. watch okay. a lot of horror movies. I love the first one. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't put any horror movies up there other than maybe like Cabin in the Woods, but that is a very slow start. Oh, okay. um, like a lot of explanation. There yeah. is no explanation. It, if you end the first movie and roll right into this, it starts right at that point. Yeah. And just rolls. I yeah. mean, flashbacks, imaginative killings, mm-hmm. the the firefighters with axes <laughs> and a cement saw. Like, yes. it is no joke. The first 30 minutes of this runs. I was waiting for it to slow down. It didn't slow down until like minute 40. Yeah. Where you finally right. went, okay. Now, I mean, it was just going, 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 yeah. going. I mean, it was awesome. I can't wait to see what this does in theaters. Yeah, me too. I'm really hoping that rather than people try to look up what Peacock even is, they just go out to a theater and have a blast with it because it still is really enjoyable. Um, and I don't think, honestly, I don't think many audiences are really going to think about all of the negatives that I have with this. And I think more so from the critics, I think they're going to go in wanting to see, you know, what would kind of what's happening in the last movie was Michael Myers brutally <laughs> destroying people and it succeeds on that level and that's all i wanted do you think it's going to hurt bond or hurt venom more i think this is a completely separate audience yeah i really do because of how violent it is yeah i mean how gruesome it's not um you know one of the a24 movies where they pull out a pregnant lady's fingernails or something <laughs> but it, it, for for the genre that it fits in it yeah it is maximum concerned Mm. that because it's rated R and it's available on Peacock streaming and the audience that's going is like a teenage audience that we are going to see. Like, was there, there wasn't too young of people in your showing, I'm sure. Uh, Just maybe uh, college students, you know, the freshmen, but because they're 17, 18. Yeah. That's about right. Um, Probably that was the youngest. Yeah, from a theater owner I heard this week, the uh, 17-year-old policy is 17 years or older, unless you have cash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no, like, rule that you can't let kids in. It's just general guidance. It's set in stone. It's preferred. It's preferred. It's not mandated. Yeah. (laughs) But no one listening to us has ever done that before. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Well, let's since we talked about Halloween, let's get Kyle's quick oh, yeah. um, review on No Time to Die. I know so, we kind of poo-pawed James Bond a little bit because of the lower than expected opening, but I hear that it was very, very good. Still, like the quality th- is there. How was Daniel Craig Swanson? on? Let's oh. see if we can do this in a hundred and sixty-three seconds or less. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> go, Kyle. Go. Um. Yeah, no, I thought a swan swan was swan swan. <laughs> swan song 
was uh, she, she. really good. Um, I think it just combined all the elements of the Craig era of the Bond movies, you know, with the upscale prestige of what it's like to be a British agent super spy, but at the same time still have the personal elements from that of like Skyfall or Spectre. So I think it was just really entertaining in terms of the action and the cinematography. Daniel Craig is obviously still great in the role. And, you know, despite me forgetting literally everything of this arc that has gone through with the Craig Bond movies, I still was wrapped up in the characters old and new. And, you know, I still was able to be entertained. And the runtime didn't feel that long to me because I was just thoroughly entertained the whole time. How do you do? 50 seconds. He killed he, it. See, <sighs> see, Bond, you don't have to tell a story in that long a time. But I, also, good job, because yeah. I didn't feel the runtime at all. So I heard, I heard yeah. from so many theaters that people were, like, dragging coming out because of the, the runtime. Just get groggy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's three hours with a normal amount of previews. It's Yeah. I mean, if you're going like AMC or Regal previews, then it's four and a half hours. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It didn't, personally, it didn't bother me, but I get it though. Great. Like it probably doesn't need to be that long. I, I did hear that they're, they even, to wrap it up, went all the way back to Casino Royale characters and did harken back story arcs to them. And Sure. I'll believe it. Yeah. Because <laughs> again, I just, that's the hard thing about this era of Bond. Like they've been so threat spread out for 15 years and there's been like four movies that I just haven't really gone back to them and really remembered. I mean, the main plot line of this movie is a romance between Bond and Madeline. And I almost forgot what movie Madeline was from. I still like Isn't the Isn't she rom- from Spectre? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, she has to be from the last one. Yeah, but I didn't remember. It was so long ago. I mean, it's an arc that goes over 15 years, but there's only four movies yeah exactly <laughs> like it feels longer than it actually is but there was and moments then, where i had to be like wait a minute who was from that okay that was from there okay gotcha yeah. and yeah, yeah. it so that was a bit frustrating but i still was wrapped up in the story anyway yeah. okay so if you had to choose one of these to recommend to someone regardless of theatrically exclusive regardless of rating which is for you the more entertaining movie yeah between no time to die and venom and halloween and halloween and halloween oh no um <laughs> i would say halloween yeah he kills a lady with a freaking fluorescent light bulb yeah uh, <laughs> that's what? awesome borat's he kills borat's wife from the first movie <laughs> yeah with a fluorescent light bulb it is awesome it doesn't just disintegrate before it gets to her just uh, no i'll Okay. We'll we'll relive this. We'll make you watch it so you can no, see this you. interesting uh, turn of events. Don't do horror. Yeah, <laughs> it causes him to shock her to death. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about the critics with that movie. I still found entertainment out of it. Like I get it doesn't fully work, but yeah. it's still good enough to where. You know, you still get what you want as what you did with the last one. Ken about died from a fluorescent light, but that was impalement from falling from, from the himself. ceiling. No, yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy situation. Yeah. And there was electricity involved. Yes, there was. Yeah. Get a little jolt. So I believe Whoa. the fluorescent light, but there yeah. was. Oh, and that's, I just looked up uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's got an audience score of 76. Halloween kills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's fine. I mean, yeah. tomato meter is 42, but the audience score is almost, it could be double by the time we're done with 
today's openings. Yeah. Audiences matter more anyway. Who yep. cares? Right. <laughs> That's right. You matter, audiences. <laughs> what? Sorry, I was just thinking about What is it, Cody? <laughs> about me and the fluorescent yeah. bulb. <laughs> Poor Ken. Poor, it was, I was there, too. Speaking, <laughs> it was very scary. Speaking of scary bad news, yeah. uh, Show East got canceled today. Yeah. We, we got the Ooh. email. I'm not surprised. Um, who really wants to go to that cesspool of a state in Florida and go to a convention? Me. No, I no mean on a Florida. good on a good year, it's a little iffy. Sure. And then, and then this year, no, they have done nothing to make to clean that place up. How am I supposed Gross. to live my fantasy of making Miami Vice starring Ken a reality? You can do it without next going to Miami. <laughs> you can do it right next away. year. Go on spring break. <sighs> Gotta wait a whole another year. You need you need to get Ugh. your booster. Then we can get the kids vaccinated. Then you can go. And then I got to order some boat shoes and, uh, yeah, you know, you didn't get a Hawaiian shirt or white linen pants or boat shoes. I did so rent a I white don't... Ferrari. Yeah, <laughs> that the was you were not on the checklist. Uh, yes, that's the most important. Get the expensive thing out of the way. <laughs> I also rented an alligator to sleep inside of my boat <laughs> that I'll be staying on. <laughs> now that's class. Houseboat. Miami class. The Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, we don't stay at the convention center. No, uh, alli- why would you? Alligator was not included, so that was a little bit of an upcharge. <laughs> The deposit on that is going to be steep. I just want to let you know ahead of time. (laughs) No, I think Ken and I had every intention of going this year. Mm -hmm. And then with the way things were developing and it just felt icky. So I was like, let's just stay home. Let's stay home and keep the money. And I don't think we were the only ones, obviously. And Cody was afraid of becoming a headline. Florida man kills. Yeah. They've gone a little crazy down there. Florida man kills handsome couple from Rocky Mountain West. Yeah. <laughs> With rabid alligator. That's just a normal Living Tuesday. Living out Don for... Johnson like fantasies on bath salts. That's just a normal Tuesday for them. So I imagine that that would have flown under the radar, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think have... you guys would have been fine. <laughs> well, no, we wouldn't have been fine. No. But... Well, no, you would have been point. dead, but... <laughs> And it would have not mattered. But then the, you wouldn't have felt the embarrassment. So it would have been okay. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, show East is canceled. Right, Hopefully it did. comes back next year, though. I'm sure when it will. When things are better. I'm sure they're going to reschedule it. Um, but, you know, I think it has a lot more to do with this with this state than anything. Because people still went to CinemaCon. That didn't get canceled. No. Nope. Good turnout. But what, what in a world where you're like, I feel safer in Vegas than I do in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, just crazy times, people. Do I want to get punched in the nose or do I want to get punched in the eye? Mm. (laughs) Always the nose. Yeah. (laughs) Always choose the nose. Yeah. Uh, Do we have anything else um, to mention on today's episode? Looks like there might um, no resolution happening with the strike, the Hollywood strike. So that may happen on Monday. I-A-T-S-E, which stands for Cinematographers and a Bunch of Other People. Yeah. <laughs> which oh, we no, talked not to, the cinematographers and which, anyone else. Which Kyle and I talked about in our podcast. Like, how did the cinematographers get lumped into this group? Right. We win no, Oscars. No one else is in front of the... I mean, has anything to do with the actual, like production mm-hmm. like puts anything on film yeah i mean there's makeup artists yes there's craft services yes there's grips there's i mean but a all cin- important a cinematographer boom mic operators yeah, yeah. but the guy who lines up the dolly it, not it, the it, guy <laughs> who sits on the dolly and <laughs> captures the film yeah no offense it's not a it, it's 
sad to say it's a prestige type thing and why would the prestige of the cinematographer be lumped in with the mac and cheese guy i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> hopefully they're pulling the strings but how many makeup artists do you know they... rick baker <laughs> and that's it cinematographers yeah. there's a dozen yeah exactly <laughs> go for <laughs> we have we have one <laughs> So we mentioned on the podcast previously, this probably won't affect anything this year. I mean, it, it'll make headlines. It'll stress out a few studios and stuff, um, hopefully come to a quick resolution. But if it drags on, what I think the major effect is going to be to streaming services and yes. production for streaming. And theatrical is pretty set in stone. They have quite a few films already done, so it's not like this is going to affect any of that those releases. This could be similar to the writer's strike where it will affect like live and broadcast TV yeah. where you're not Which able Which would be to, streaming mm, now. Yeah, yeah, but where you're not able to put on like broadcast news and yeah. the late show, yeah. <laughs> things like that because you don't have the the crew in place yeah and i can't imagine knowing how studios are so gung-ho about their precious streaming services like they have to want to find a way to get this resolved whether they work out a deal or they just find new people it's interesting <laughs> on a strike like this you think well there's thousands of people that would just fought, uh, pass the picket line and like want to get they could replace all these people so quickly but with the national labor shortage the way it is this might be giving them the slight upper hand or at least That's the true. perception of an upper hand in this. So That's true. That could help. That could be why it hasn't been resolved yet. I would think so. And they want skilled people that can do things like feed actors without killing them yeah. from E. coli. <laughs> people that can apply makeup to actors without killing them. They've or, had the or destroying their skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've, they've had the experience before. They want yeah. to have that over newbies. Yeah. So. And then they... This union killed it by getting cinematographers. I cannot stop thinking it's, about I, this. I get it, though. Like, it's weird. And it doesn't make any sense. You get one crown jewel in your arsenal. You have to, I guess you're good. Maybe it could be like, we got to be taken seriously thing. So cinematographers, you're with us. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they've, no. <laughs> they've got to be extremely disappointed they're involved in this and everybody else has got to be pumped <laughs> yeah well we got cinematographers award-winning cinematographers on our side yeah. and they're just like oh god please no <laughs> don't drag me into this yeah exactly well it's it's weird we got a bunch of new trailers this week i think we all have favorites that we wanted to talk about Yes, can I, I will. I will go first. Clifford was such a cute trailer. <laughs> I really like Jack Whitehall. Yes, I, he's great. I'm really glad he's in it. That is definitely a perk for me. Great comedian. He's so funny, and he does um, physical comedy so well. And that I think he'll be great. He'll be great in this. It was really cute, heartfelt. The big red dog isn't as jarring as I thought it was going to be because it's still a puppy. It's not fully grown red dog it's just that we a know really of. huge puppy and that's really cute yeah. so but yeah. this is what paramount does pg yeah. with physical comedy they know their lane on this one yep it's gonna be really cute and it comes out november 10th they're trying to get it two weeks in before something like Encanto or all the all the stuff at thanksgiving so right um Releasing on a Wednesday. Did you say that already yeah yeah okay and Sorry. so it just I, th I think it'll be really good and in fact i if it does anything like what Paw Patrol did, which also released on Paramount Plus, because it mm -hmm. is day and date, um, if it holds up, it'll play through Thanksgiving because you'll want a good um, matinee family film that maybe isn't Disney and Kanto. Yeah, so. sure, sure. Yeah, so I do have, the trick I do have a little that. bit of reservations but Encanto, but we'll get into that on another podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I really liked the Black Phone trailer. Uh, I was able to see it at CinemaCon. Oh, of course and, he did. And it, it was, it's a cool premise, and it got me in the mood for seeing a horror movie. And I don't know. I, I just dug the premise of it all. And I, it might be a little bit too long of a trailer, but... I think he heck? needed it because I was not about this in the beginning. Oh, sure. Anything to do with children, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, the premise of like a guy kidnapping and a, killing children. A creepo and yeah. a black van kidnapping and torturing children is yeah. not not okay. But the <laughs> but the idea that the previously kidnapped and tortured now dead children have co- their spirits are coming back to save this boy and that a, a phone and that his best friend is trying to help him at, yeah. at the same time like the spirit world is coming to his aid. I like I like that twist. It's still fucked up though. <laughs> Mark that to bleep it out. Yeah. No, <laughs> gross. Okay, Ken, your oh. turn. Okay, well, I didn't I, even see it coming. <laughs> they released a trailer for the Scream Seventeen this week. Is it five? Five. I think it's five. Scream really, V. It feels like twenty. <laughs> well, it's been like I, twenty years never, since there's been one. I, I never watched the originals. Like Did I said, you see the first one? No, I mean after the preview where it's like, <laughs> wait, you never saw the first? Screen. No, Ken Cruz has not seen. That shocks me. No. Even I saw the first I screen. Like, I don't like horror movies. I don't I like it do. either. But but as soon we as we were the, teenagers, the of course we watched Drew that. Barrymore on the phone. No thanks. That was that shut it down for Classic me. Classic scene though. Yeah, yeah, no, excellent scene. Well, they go through and play that out, and then Doesn't, they've got. Um, yeah. I thought the most plastic I would see in the movie would be the mask on the Ghostface oh. Killer. Turns out it's uh, Courtney Cox yeah. and, oh. and Nev Campbell. Blow, blow. Whoa. <laughs> it was so surprising was to see that they are uh, in better shape and <laughs> smoother than they were in their 20s. Right, right. <laughs> take, out, take out all the wrinkles. I'm kind of thinking that for this version of Scream, it's kind of like the, this new Halloween it, it, that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting in terms I, of like premise. We're like, I, I think they that. want it to be a remake, like a, you know, redo of the Halloween for the new generation. Sure. But what's the point? I mean, no <laughs> one was asking for a new screen movie. Well, I mean, nobody was asking for a new Halloween after Rob Zombie did what he did. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this, I mean, it, it could work, but Halloween was a labor of love by David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Like mm-hmm. they had written this years and years ago yeah and have been trying to push it through yeah so this was i mean it was a historic film that they watched as children and really put a lot of energy into this scream it feels like a cash grab exactly it did it la, felt a little a hollow. halloween 2018 like yeah. they're like we can actually make this work now mm-hmm. yeah it felt yeah. a little hollow i did the one scene i did like in the trailer was the door locks <laughs> like you know all the autom you know how we have all all, so much automated things now and that part was like oh yeah that it's like it did make it modern yeah but all at the same time though uh that beginning scene in the trailer where she's texting her friend like are you the one calling on the landline it's like (laughs) landline (laughs) you're 14 how do you have a landline (laughs) your parents are like 30 they shouldn't have a landline (laughs) in a 20 million dollar house yeah like (laughs) a landline landline you joke but we have a landline well yeah we also don't live in a 20 million dollar house are you using the landline (laughs) no how i know when my parents are calling because they're the only ones with the number parents okay, fair, and spammers fair enough the only thing that i the only other positive thing i can say about this trailer is david arquette 
looked like a real actor. He didn't look crazy like he does in normal life. Yeah. <laughs> when you see David Arquette like pop up on something, artists. you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's David Arquette, but he actually looked great in this. I just thought you got out of town. You survived your, you know, like killer. Why would you ever come back? Like well, that's the same for all of these. It's so stupid. Don't was, go back. You don't need to finish it. Let the kids deal with what I, they've got. I was thinking about that with Halloween Kills, like because it it has like the returning uh, kids from the first original Halloween movie, and they're adults and they want payback too. And it's like, why didn't you not move away? Yeah, just go. That's like you're a garbage man, but you could be a garbage man anywhere else. No, that's <laughs> that's where you have support and. I forget what the percentage is, but there is a very surprising percentage of people that never move from their hometown. Yeah. Like a shocking percentage of right. people. Right. <laughs> and an even more surprising percentage of people that actually never leave their hometown. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not at all surprising that those people I mean, I from Illinois at least... stayed in Illinois. <laughs> I mean, at least one of them. But it sounded like they had got out and they came back in the trailer. And I'm like, why? Why would you do this? Like, this yeah. is, I'm already frustrated. Because they with have this. to end it now. Or who will? If not us, who will? <laughs> They used a landline phone. <laughs> it's so weird. And yeah. it's coming out in January, so maybe it's not going to be too great anyway. <laughs> no, I think this will fit the, uh, you know, January is actually not a bad landing spot for horror movies. No, it's we've seen post-Christmas. These... You want you don't want the family stuff anymore. You we've need seen, a break. Yeah, yeah that's we, probably and true. We've seen, like, Escape Room, the first one, like, really surprised a lot of people in that January yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can have legs because there's not a lot that comes out behind it that's worth anything. And horror and, movies work at Valentine's Day, and everybody and, gets all mm, all the black phone about Oscar films, and those don't appeal to general audiences. So you still need no. general audience films. So it it can work, but we've got Morbius in January, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and is, and depending on what happens with the the, the oh, excuse me the next Spider Man movie, like people could really be gathering to go to that one yeah so jared let me go crazy on camera yeah <laughs> i'm gonna play a vampire <laughs> okay jared <laughs> go ahead he didn't like action. my he didn't like my joker now i'll be a vampire <laughs> vampire with a neck tattoo hopefully oh that's the hope they haven't shown it yet, but they will. Oh, all right, Kyle, take us into the weekend. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Off the Break podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms and over at silverscreeninsider.com. Uh, be sure to check out our website for all marketing materials for your social media channels and all updated and accurate film information for the upcoming releases. Guys, what if Joker wasn't in the second Suicide Squad because he became Morbius? I think that's a lot of contracts between two rival studios that have to be in place. I like it. I'm going to keep it in, in the back burner. All right. All right. That's a good theory. Yeah. All right. Go see Halloween this go weekend. See Halloween. Yeah, go see the <laughs> Halloween this weekend. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.